Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to Picks and Pours, Episode 7. Going to be breaking down UFC Austin and BKFC 56 with Matt the Mechanic. Matt, how you doing, my man? Pretty good, Bill. How are you? How was New York? New York was great. Got to spend some good time with the family. My niece's first birthday. Um, we all came back a little sick. Um, but I guess that's part of traveling to a different climate and being on airplanes and shit like that. So you didn't get any help when it came back. The weather's been wacky here too. Yeah, it was, it's weird. This morning I had a heat on, uh, in the house and now I just had to turn the air conditioning on cause I sat down to do the show and I started sweating and I was like, Oh, it's 75 degrees in here. I can't have that. You don't have a. A thermostat made in the last 10 years that does both? It does do both. Well, okay. I But I manually change it because... Because you're a dad. You have to. Yeah. You have to be in control of it because you waited your whole life. You're like, one day I'm going to be yeah. in charge of that thing. Exactly. Get back at my dad for never turning the heat on. Yeah. <laughs> it would have to be... Like the doors would have to be frozen shut for us to turn the heat on in our house. When I was growing up, mine was more the air conditioning because we had wood wood stove, so it was always a hundred degrees in our house when it's like twenty degrees out. But in the mm -hmm. summer, man, like eighty. Yeah, in in the summer, um, we eventually had an air conditioner in the living room, and just like a a curtain up, so like the the living room would be air conditioned, and then the only other air conditioner was in my parents' bedroom. So if it was like really brutally hot, um, my sister and I would, would get to sleep on the floor in my parents' room. Um, wow, rough for the air conditioning. Yeah, yeah. We Kids these days don't know what to, what we went through back in the day. I know, right? No nope. internet, central air conditioning. That was yeah. like all, only rich people had that. Uh, where I where I live, I, I I still think like not a lot of people in New York have central air. That's definitely a Florida thing. Yeah, or the the farm back home, it doesn't have central air, and it only has plumbing and like the, the the kitchen and the one bathroom. It's a big giant house and just you know two rooms with water, and that's it. Mm -hmm. That's all you need. No, not really. It's it's not that great. <laughs> <laughs> especially when it's winter and you're trying to sleep upstairs there's nothing there uh anyway bill let's get back to fights i miss the fights I, I did miss the pfl last week i didn't have the 50 bucks well not that i didn't have the 50 bucks it's just you know 50 bucks you didn't have 50 bucks that you wanted to spend on the pfl yeah i really think they dropped that they dropped the ball with that like it was timed perfectly like put that sucker on youtube yeah yeah. Oh, that was going to charge 50 bucks. Yeah. Or, you know, be the first to drop the pay-per-view model. Um, that would help with the marketing, uh, you know, with the merger with Bellator. Like, hey, it's, you know, 12 bucks a month to for the PFL. We just got Bellator. We have all these new fighters we're going to sign. We're going to have Kayla Harrison, you know, dropping bitches. Um 12 bucks a month, you get every card. Yeah, kind of like the BKFC started with, but now they're getting back away from that. I did want to bring up the PFL, and we can talk about it now. I heard you um, on your last episode talking about how you, you didn't understand the PFL format. I didn't say I didn't understand it. I said that the issue a lot of people have with it is that it's confusing. Because you could have you have a tournament style bracket and you could have one guy who wins every fight, but he doesn't score as many points as a guy who loses a fight and can go on to win the tournament. So how does that really qualify that person as the best fighter in the tournament if they've lost a fight? Well, but if they if they've won all the fights but not up in points, that means they've one decisions every single time mm -hmm. so i don't know i 
I watch the PFL. I enjoy it, but I just like having fights on. I don't think the main problem, you know, I don't think the format's even close to the problem. I think it's that they just don't have a Dana White. You know, they don't, you know, they help, they don't have a Dana White and they don't have any fighter. I mean, they have fighters, but they don't have any, like, any, yes. any, any personalities, you know, and I, and I don't think it's, not they, they don't have that because, I mean, Michael Chandler is a great example of what can happen mm-hmm. when a man gets put in the, the UFC media machine. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. The the PFL, it started out good because they had Ray Seffo, um as I think he's the president of the PFL, um, who was an outstanding kickboxer and... He did some MMA as well. Um, and it, it was promising in the beginning. It really was. And then, I don't know, it just kind of fell flat for me. And then it's hard to build stars when you have a tournament and a guy wins it who nobody has heard of. And then that guy's like, well, I'm a millionaire now, so I guess I could retire. Yeah, but I mean, isn't that the job of the promotion? I mean, no. The, the job of the promotion is to continue delivering the product and 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 build stars that people want to come back and and watch not to yeah, I don't know. I just not, I, not to prepare fighters for retirement I don't think it most of their problems stem from anything that goes on inside the cage it's outside the cage and also I mean the UFC is a big machine to go up against. I think a lot of people, I think maybe they should stop worrying about taking on the UFC and just, you know, build up their personalities. But I, what the hell do I know? Yeah, no, you're right, though. Um, you're, you're not going to you're not going to compete with the UFC. That's like saying, like, you know, the, the XFL or whatever is competing with the NFL. It's just it it's in addition to, you know, and it. It, it will end up being good for the UFC in the long run because even if they're not being competitive, um, it'll cause the UFC to get competitive and and up their game and make sure that they stay at the top because you know how competitive Dana White is. He'll say, no, like... Yeah, I think that's part of the reason why the UFC is what they are. You know, I mean... Yeah. Has there, has there ever been a promoter that's even close... No, I mean, one championship, I would say. Oh, Shatri's cool, but if, if you're looking at a if you're looking on a global scale, yeah, Shatri is a little out of his mind, but you kind of have to be to be a promoter. Um, it and I I think it would be different if they were focusing exclusively on MMA, but they do, you know, a lot of Muay Thai and and uh, and kickboxing rules and stuff like that. So. Um, it's not really like an apples to apples comparison with one championship, but, you know, globally, they, they definitely have a huge presence. Yeah, I'm just excited. Hopefully, you know, I'll watch, I'll give them a shot. Mark Fellows says, pull up race FO versus Mark Hunt. Um, if you've never seen this kickboxing match, it's. It's insane. These guys basically just it's 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 two Samoan guys just blasting each other in the head. Um and and it's ridiculous. So if you've never seen that fight, definitely recommend that one. Um all right, we're gonna get into BKFC in a little bit, but uh we're gonna start with your picks for UFC Austin, <clears throat> which is Coming up on Saturday, and I was just look. I never look at the odds before we do this, but I decided, like, oh, let me, let me actually prepare for once, and uh, and and look at some odds. And this is a horrible card to pick. So yeah. I don't, I don't envy you here because all these fights are really close. Um, there's not like any huge underdogs. Some of the lines are a little bit surprising, but. Uh, where do you want to start here? Well, this one I I 
earlier in the week, I looked at the odds and I was like, exactly what you saw. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stop looking at the odds. And I made my picks and then I added the odds into it before we started today. So, all right. Picks are, there are no odds. I didn't factor that in. Okay. So let's start with the main event lightweight fight, but El Dariush versus Armin Sarukian. Uh, Benel is a plus 230 uh, underdog versus minus 325. Um, this seems there's a couple of fights that seem like uh, on this card that seem like it's just Dana returning some favors, like or 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 giving out some punishments, maybe. Um, I've always thought Benel is a, a tough guy that no, like the UFC just doesn't want to see this guy succeed. Because, uh, and I think this Armin guy is, he's tough. I mean, we, we saw him at the start back with uh, Frivola, and he, you know, he's been on a run since. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he had a he had a close fight with the champ Islam Makhachev. Um, he is tough, but I don't know if this is necessarily punishing Benil Dariush because Benil is coming off of a knockout loss to Charles Oliveira. And now he's getting put right back in a main event uh, in Austin, which is a pretty big deal because the UFC has a big fan base in Texas and Joe Rogan is based there now. And uh, hold on one second. <coughs> Excuse me. I just recently got my voice back. Where'd it go? Somewhere else. Because um, I, we we all gotten like little colds or something when we got back from New York. I had like a low fever and I don't know what else was going on. But then fever went away and my voice went with it. Um, and it kind of it kind of just came back this morning, which was lucky because I actually met the mayor of Tampa this morning. Oh, how's that? She's a very nice lady. Oh yeah. Um you got a lot came, in common? Uh not likely. Uh, but she came out to my wife's business this morning for ribbon cutting and she was very polite and she had some very nice things to say and she's a big supporter of uh women run businesses. So I can say that for her. And uh yeah. She was cool. Yeah. I I only spoke to her briefly. That's good. Hey, it's good press. You guys are doing big things over there. Across Absolutely. The, across the causeway. Yeah. So I'm going to pick up Benil Dariush. Okay. So can you read me the odds again? Uh, Dariush is plus 230. Okay. So I'm looking at DraftKings, and they have him at minus 130. Dariush? Am I looking at the right thing? I don't know. I'm looking at the, no. the official Hard Rock okay. Bets app of uh, MMA oh. on the Rocks. Wait, I should be... Sponsorship yeah. pending? Yeah. Wait, I should be looking at the money line odds, right? All yeah. right. So, yeah, they have Benil at plus 250. Okay, so yeah. a little less here. It seems to be the case, but... Yeah. Maybe, maybe one day we can do a live show from the Hard Rock. From their sports book. That would be sweet. Maybe. What's anyway, that? that's my pick. What do you think about it? I I like that pick um, because Benil Dariush is a guy who is extremely hard to put away. You know, Oliveira was able to knock him out, but Oliveira is a guy who kind of brings chaos. And then he's able to get knockouts uh, as a result of that chaos, because he's not afraid to be taken down or anything like that. Armand Saryukian is a, is a guy who brings something different. He brings youth. He brings uh, pressure. And he brings a lot of the same skills that Benil Dariush brings to the table. So Benil is going to be the more unorthodox one. I actually see if, if there's... If you told me there was a knockout finish in this fight, I would I would assume that it would be Dariush knocking out Saryukian. Only because Saryukian is not like the biggest finisher. 
um, he tends to be like just wearing guys down type of fighter. Um, but good luck wearing down Benil Dariush. Um, it, it seems to be the only way to, to beat Benil Dariush is to put his lights out because when he gets pressured, he's still dangerous. If you look at the Drakkar close fight, uh, he was almost knocked out in that one and came back and, and swung a wild shot, knocked out Drakkar close. Um, and when it comes to the ground, you know, Saryukian might be able to get him down, but, you know, Dariush is wily on the ground. He's very experienced. He's got excellent jujitsu. I don't know that he'll be able to submit Saryukian, but I, I think he'll be able to frustrate him enough um, that he may not want to spend the whole five rounds on the ground. And now... Um, yeah, I just... I, I don't see Saryukian finishing Dariush, and I don't see him dominating him and controlling him. And, you know, Saryukian had a little bit of, had a hard time with Matouche Gamrot, and Benil Dariush beat the shit out of Matouche Gamrot. So, yeah, I'm, I like that bet. All right. Next up, we have Jalen the Tarantula Turner as a last minute replacement of Dan Hooker against. Bobby the King Green. Uh, Bobby is the plus 170 underdog versus minus 225 for the Tarantula. Um, this is going to be a, a weird one because Jalen's a big ass of lightweight and he missed last fight, if I'm not mistaken. And now he's had like two weeks. So, yeah, what was his last fight also on short notice? Jalen? Yeah. Um, was his last fight the Dan Hooker fight? Yeah. I think. <laughs> and he missed weight for that? He's missed weight. I don't know which one he missed weight on. I'm pretty sure it was. <clears throat> this is a whole card of, like, former steamroller opponents. <laughs> um. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he missed weight against yeah. Dan Hooker. He weighed in at 158. All right, so, all right, who's your pick in this one? Um, I'm picking Jalen Turner if the oh, fight happens, but I like him. What a surprise with all those tarantulas behind you. I don't think we've talked about that before, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. We, we haven't mentioned? No, we haven't. That you have all these fighters lurking over your shoulder? Yep, I'm a translate keeper, and I've actually, uh, me and Jalen's exchanged, uh, we call it husbandy trip tips, quite back and forth. You know, he's a pretty nice guy. What kind of tips? Uh, husbandry. That's the, uh, it's what the the people in the translate world like to talk, say how they, the it's how you, it's your how you take care of them is your husbandry. I've heard that word before. I think it's just some that fancy. That sounds like it'd be something else. I think he does to a horse too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure, but <clears throat> yeah, I'm gonna take. I I I don't see, you know, Bobby Green wins fights by getting inside and being dirty, right? Jalen's really long. That's true, and the people uh, that Jalen Turner uh, he struggles the most with are are people who can wrestle really well. And Bobby Green can wrestle. We just don't see him do it very often. Um, although he may throw a curveball and wrestle in this fight. Jalen and Bobby have trained together before. So they know each other's strengths and weaknesses. And uh, from what I hear, they don't like each other very much. So for me... When two guys know each other and they dislike each other, I would lean towards the more ruthless fighter, which in this case I think is Bobby Green. But you do make a good point. Like Jalen Turner is very long, um, but Bobby Green, would he have accepted this short-notice opponent uh, if he knew that was going to be an issue? Uh, so... 
that tells me that, you know, maybe maybe Bobby knows something that we don't, or maybe Jalen knows something that we don't. Maybe that's why. And it also, I got the feeling that Jalen's hand was kind of forced into taking this fight. He he made it seem in the in some interview I saw, he was like, "Yeah, they pretty much made me take this one." Yeah. The debacle this week with the the Nelk boys walking through Dana's office and showing off the the board, the uh, future fights Jalen was on there. I think he Joff. No, I forget who the hell he was supposed to fight, but that, that I don't think this was what he was looking for. So mm-hmm. I don't know. As long as the, the, everything works out in the scales, I'm, I'm going to take Jalen on this one. All right. Before we continue, Mark is confused by your record. I'm. I was confused too. I was trying to grab. I'm, I'm 85 cents in the hole. You know, I was up a dollar 35. Okay. Now I'm down. We're in the red. We're in the red. All right. All right. So minus 85 cents is yeah. is now your record. I don't know what that converts to in Australian. Not that uh, fucking much. So you're like minus one kangaroo tail or something. Yeah. Whatever the currency is there. All right, next fight is Rob Font, minus mm-hmm. 140, bantamweight versus Figueredo, plus 110. Okay, who do you like? Figgy's moving up to 135. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Rob Font's a, how you ideally want to start this division. Um, I think Figueredo wins these fights the same way Bobby Green does, getting in close. and I don't know if he can keep up with the speed of Rob Font. Hmm. Well, Figueredo is going to have a lot of speed moving up uh, from flyweight, but he's going to be smaller. And he has been, but he has been working with uh, Cejudo. So maybe his wrestling is a little better. Who the hell knows? Yeah. But two years with Henry Cejudo, it, you know, are, are you going to be able to catch up with the wrestling of, of a bigger guy, especially in Rob Font, who's going to be about three inches taller. Um, <clears throat> straight wrestling wouldn't be the way to go for Figueredo. It would be, you know, kind of getting him up against the cage, dirty boxing, and trying to trying to drag him to the ground more so than take him down. Um, <clears throat> yeah. It, I, I see uh I see Font having a big advantage here. I think you know Figueredo was it, unfortunately he's just a little too big for flyweight and he may just be a little too small for bantamweight. Um because he's what like five five and he doesn't have like a huge frame, but he carries a lot of muscle. So yeah. Uh, I mean, picking Rob Font makes sense here to me. What were the odds on that again? Uh, minus 140 Font, uh, plus 110. I just don't see it. it plus 110 is not worth taking the risk. Yeah, absolutely. And in the meantime, our buddy Fletch here says, gives us a definition of husbandry. It's the breeding of animals and then helping them give birth. Okay. So, yep, that's what we were doing. Thanks, Fletch. <coughs> Husbandry it is. Shout out to Fletch. He's got to be freezing his ass off right now. It's, it's you know, 50 degrees here, 40 degrees here this week. It's not nice up there. Well, he's, he's, a, he's a bourbon collector now, so he's got some bourbons to keep him warm. Yeah, he's a tough guy. He's a, a hog farmer. He's... He, he, he's been there, done that. That's why he knows what husbandry is. Yeah, he does the same thing. Anyway, oh. next on to the next fight is Sean Brady, minus 125, versus Kevin Gaslin, was a plus 100. Mm-hmm. This is another one that's, you know, I'll be watching closely tomorrow at lunchtime to see how this weigh-in goes down. Yeah, because Kelvin Gaslin, for some reason, is trying to move back down to welterweight. Yeah, he's even missed at 185 before. But if you, I was checking out social media. He's also with Cejudo. He does look different. I mean, you find a picture of him, you can he's good, you can see his jawbone. And this is actually my I might be putting some extra money 
on the Kelvin Gastelum than just the dollar. This is if this fight happens, I, I'm really confident with Kevin Gastelum. Really? What gives you this confidence? I'd probably listen to somebody that knows more than me that says I'm pretty be pretty confident about it. No, I mean, uh, Sean Brady's striking. You know, he's trains at uh, Enzo Philly. Uh-huh. Uh, that's Pat Sabatini. We know how that went with uh, Diego Lopez recently. Um, I don't Kevin Gaslin's he's in one of the best fights. I mean, top three, five fights I've ever watched, you know, with uh, what's the name? Adesanya. Adesanya. I I just don't see Sean Brady having anything for him. Kelvin Gaslin has won two of his last seven fights. Okay. Um, And his last win was kind of a controversial one against Chris Curtis. What was there, like a, a headbutt in that fight or some, something weird happened in it, right? Where he had he headbutt Chris Curtis and I don't remember. Um, so really the only guy he's beaten since 2018 is Ian Heinish, who I believe is no longer under contract with the UFC. Um, the, the weight cut concerns me. Like even if the diet and everything is in order, like the past few years, he's been at 185, um, to come back and make this cut again is, is such a huge hurdle to get over. Um, even if he makes the weight, like how's it going to affect him in there? He's always had, he's always had great cardio for a guy who looks like he shouldn't have great cardio. Um, I don't know. I'd be I'd be concerned about the the wrestling of Sean Brady for sure. Um, a guy can wrestle his ass off. Uh, he's coming off of his first professional loss against Bilal Muhammad. So, um, yeah, I guess it's going to depend on how he bounces back from that. But I don't know. There, there's just something. There's something that makes you root for Kelvin Gastelum. Because he's just, he's just likable. But it's then the Adesanya fight helps out a lot with that. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's a top five all time fight for me. Um, and uh, when I when I went on Dan Tom's podcast a, a couple of months ago, uh, we did our top five middleweight fights of all time. That was that was definitely one of the top ones for me. Um, and then I just look, Kelvin Gaslam is 32 years old. I feel like he's been fighting for 19 years in the UFC. Like, he's been around a long time. Like, that's a rough 32. Oh, wait till he gets to the next fight. <laughs> and let me see. How old is Sean Brady? He's 31. No, he's 31. I had the wrong person pulled up. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, skill-wise, it doesn't matter because Kelvin Gastelum like beats people that he shouldn't anyway. Uh I don't know, man. It's just hard. I don't disagree with your pick, but for me it, it would just be hard to put money on Kelvin Gastelum because he's just so unreliable. Well, when I mean I put extra money, I'll probably put three dollars instead of one. So you know, that's it. That's it. I'm all right with that. Is it, you're putting triple the money on Kelvin Gaston. That's what three, the head, three dollars. That's what all the clickbait <laughs> sites are going to say tomorrow. MMA yeah. on the Rocks co-host puts triple the money on Kelvin Gaston to beat Sean Brady. All right. Next fight's Clay the Carpenter Guida plus two fifty versus uh, Joaquin uh, Silva. Joaquin Silva minus three twenty five. Um, this is the what I was hinting at for the punishment. You know, remember Clay Guida like fake retired to wish his mom a happy birthday or some oh, shit yeah, last yeah. time. Um, but Clay Guida's been around forever. He's thirty eight and twenty three. I mean, he's you know, it's hard to bet against that guy. Bet on that guy. 
for sure. So, so actually, you, I don't even have a pick for these two fights right here. So this last two. So I'm gonna. It sounded like you just picked Silva. Yeah, I'm probably gonna pick Silva. This is a but, tough one. But, but if it makes it all, I, I could also see Guida just at the end, just on top doing. You know, we brought him up before, but like Sky, our friend Sky, he doesn't stop. You're like, look at that guy. What the hell's wrong with him? And then next thing you know, he's just mauling you. Yeah. He kind of looks like Sky a little bit, too. Man, 41 years old. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you on this one. I mean, Joaquin Silva... Uh, just got knocked out by Armand Saryukian in his last fight. Uh, fuck it. Let's take Guida. I mean, okay. Let's take Guida here. All right. Sounds good. So wait, when you do, so are you keeping track of your bets by plus and minus money now? Yeah. So is that going to include your extra money on Kelvin Gasol? Nope. No, 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 no. It's all the keeping track is just even dollars on every, every fight. <laughs> okay. Okay. Glad we got. Yeah, that I'm sorry. I shouldn't be confused. Be confused, but you know, that, that, there can be some back betting, backdoor betting going on. Okay. Sounds um, good. The last fight, I. Punaheli uh, Soriano and Dustin Stoltzfus. Give me the breakdown of this fight. I don't know who the hell these people are. Uh, these are two guys that are just gonna fight. Bang it out. Uh, Soriano uh, is going to be more dangerous at the... Uh, <laughs> there's going to be some husbandry. I think um, it's a replacement. Is this a, a replacement? I, I have no idea. Is, I don't think... I think the guy that's a favorite is so was supposed to fight, and they brought in this Dustin guy to fill up for some other guy. Who, yeah, that, that's possible. So Soriano is a guy who's dangerous you know, for the first round and a half. And then after that, his likelihood of winning goes down. I'm going to take uh, Soriano. We're going to keep with the favorites here. He just did some underdog with the Guida. So that's that's the main card there. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Do you have thoughts on uh, my only other fight I'm interested in? Wait. <clears throat> is there only other one? No, there's a couple, but <clears throat> definitely um, Misha Tate and Julia Avila. Uh, speaking of punishments, like why in the hell is Misha Tate on the prelims of a fight night? Well, I, I don't, I don't know. I uh, Misha Tate's actually before my time. Uh, well, I mean, she's been back for a little bit, but I wasn't watching when she was fighting. Hmm. All right. Well, I mean, I know who she is. I know she's a, you know, no, her, her. I mean, I don't look, have any thoughts on this fight, though. Looking at her record, I guess I see why she's on the prelims because she's won one of her last five. Um, but she is the main event on a prelim, and that's a, you know, that's a big spot. Yeah. It's just kind of sad when you see a former champion on the prelims of a fight night. You know, if it was on the prelims of a pay-per-view, it'd be a little different. But when was the last time you saw a former champion on a prelim? Got me there. That's a Mark, that's a question. That's a question up. open to. Look it up, Jamie. I mean, Mark. <laughs> yeah, open to anyone who wants to answer. Like, has this? I I mean, I'm sure it's happened. I mean, I'm sure it's possible that it's happened, but man, it just doesn't seem likely to me. And the reason is because once you get to that championship status, you get to a certain pay grade where, and this is the problem they ran into with Ronda Rousey, where you're guaranteed a certain amount when you fight. So they can't put you too far down the card because and they're paying you all this money um, to, to fight low down on the card. It makes no sense when you're actually a, a draw and they're, they're paying you a bunch to be there. 
Um, yeah, I would be curious to know that. If it has a former champion ever fought on the prelims after being a champion. I mean, there's a few that are probably close. Oh, Fletch saying Andre Arlovsky. Yeah, that's a possible one. He may have fought on some prelims. I know he's been on a bunch of main cards. It's very possible he's been on a prelim or two. Yeah, he, he definitely has. But was it, were they prelims of fight nights? That's a, that's, it's definitely yeah, possible. We're getting in the weeds here, Bill. Yeah. All right. Somebody, we'll somebody talk some bare knuckle. Wait, wait, wait. There's a couple more fights on here I want to oh. get into. Joe Selecki and Drakkar close. This is an excellent fight. Um, you know, Selecki is very slick on the ground. Drakkar close, very crisp, uh, striking. He can get a little bit wild when he has people hurt, which is, uh, was his downfall when he fought Benil Dariush. But I think that's a very exciting fight. And, uh, I also really like Wellington Terman and Jared Gooden. I think that that should be a really fun one. Welterweight fight. Any Wellington thoughts? Terman, that sounds familiar. He must have done something cool. I lost to Randy Brown this year. Yeah. Wellington Terman is a he's a tough kid, but his name always reminds me of. Did you ever see the the movie Bad Santa with Billy Bob Thornton? I think I've seen it, but it's a great Christmas movie. Very underrated. In any case, Billy Bob Thornton plays like this this mall Santa who robs department stores uh, during the holiday season. And he winds up making friends with this young kid. And the kid's name is Thurman Merman. So every time I see Wellington Terman, I think of Thurman Merman from Bad Santa. Um, hopefully, hopefully at least somebody knows what I'm talking about. This is it. I thought it was... I mean, I remember the movie. I just don't remember it that much. Yeah, I have a thing about like obscure movies and and obscure characters. <clears throat> if you talk to me about like popular actors and like Oscar nominated movies, I won't know what the fuck you're talking about, but uh I'll get into some bad Santa. Um Yeah, I guess that's it for UFC Austin. This is it's a great card. I'm really excited for this, especially, you know, with a with a week off. I'm really going to be looking forward to this one. And it'll be going right along with the bare knuckle card. It's pretty cool. Well, it's got a couple cool fights on it. Uh, yeah, for sure. So you want to get into that BKFC 56? Yep. All right. Um, and, and you made a, made some picks on a few of these. Why don't you pick it? I make the picks. Yeah. You just All wanted right. to pick the. I mean, I have a pick too, but we, this is not the normal pick. We might as well go do a little head-to-head -head action here. Okay. All right. You got to think of a. Except it's going to be a problem because the co-main event is out. Ben Rothwell's sick this morning, so what? that's not going to happen. Oh, that sucks. I was looking forward to that one. <laughs> yeah. He was going to fight Todd Duffy. Yeah, it was weird. I was watching the press conference earlier, and they brought Todd Duffy up there. He sat there. Just... I mean, it's heavyweight. He didn't have to cut weight or anything. So, well, um, but I mean, he's just sitting there. He doesn't have a anybody to fight. He's just like sitting there. They're like nobody asks him questions. He's just sitting there the whole time. How do you feel about not fighting this weekend? Uh, <laughs> I would be asking Todd Duffy questions. I don't know if you know this, Todd Duffy had the record for the fastest knockout in the UFC, I think, until Jorge Masvidal knocked out Ben Askren. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Not familiar with that guy, but he like had a uh, he had a he had a seven second knockout in the UFC heavyweight division and then um everybody was was hyping him up as as he was gonna be the next heavyweight champion and then he just kind of fell off after that. Um, 
All right, so main event, we have Mike Perry and Eddie Alvarez. Before I get my pick, I have to correct Big John McCarthy because I was listening to his podcast, the Weighing In podcast with Josh Thompson, which I'm a fan of. I like both of those guys. I enjoy their banter. I enjoy their opinions. Obviously, they're both super knowledgeable about mixed martial arts. Uh, they both claimed to be fans of Bare Knuckle, and they were previewing this card. And Big John said it was the champ, Mike Perry, going against Eddie Alvarez. So let's just be clear. Mike Perry is not a champion in BKFC. Sorry to yeah. correct you, sir. I don't um, know if you, you saw, but I'm like the crazy person online. I'm like commenting on all their posts like, hey, Dave is the champion. Send yeah. DMs. I don't get any response. <laughs> and you won't either because Big John doesn't doesn't look at comments and doesn't look at yeah anything. i didn't take it he's going through some stuff so it is what it is it, yeah it, 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 it is possible saturday that technically he might be right after saturday it, yeah so this of, is going to be for the king of violence belt so they made up a championship for this fight eddie alvarez and mike perry and um but of course the champion of this division is our buddy Dave the Redneck Mondell, who will be in attendance to call out the winner of this fight. And uh, I hope for his sake that he gets it. And I hope for our sake as well, because I think Dave versus either of these guys would be an incredible fight. I think this is going to be an incredible fight. Obviously, Mike Perry will have a size advantage here. Um, you know, he had always fought at welterweight, um, which was 170 pounds in MMA. Now he's fighting at middleweight, which is 175 pounds in BKFC. And he's fighting Eddie Alvarez, who always fought at 155 pounds. Did he now, fight at 170-some? He did uh, earlier on. Uh, but 155 is where he saw the most success. That's where he won the championship. Um, but he had no problem fighting bigger guys uh he never yeah. has I, I mean eddie is eddie's like a real fighter like this guy he's fought all over the world he's you know he, he's fought in every organization pretty much won a title in every organization he's been in um except bkfc but he's only had one fight in bkfc and now he's against chad mendez who Fought most of his career at 145, you know, until USADA came along and then he decided he was retired. Um, and then he came to bare knuckle looking like much bigger, but still just as fast as a 145 pounder. Didn't he, didn't uh, Alvarez get dropped a couple times in that fight? He did. But you got to remember, Chad Mendez can crack. Yeah. Uh, that, that man's got a lot of power, especially... Post USADA, not cutting weight, Chad Mendez. Um, that's a different story. Uh, he's he was still really fast, and Eddie Alvarez has always been the kind of guy too, where he gets he needs to get dropped once uh, to kind of wake up and, and make it a fight. Um, that that's kind of how it went with uh, with Justin Gaethje. Hey, Bill, what is the weight class below 175 in bare knuckle? Is it 165? I believe it is, yeah. And do you know, happen to know who the champion is of that division? Is it the, the Palomano? I do not. Let me look that up. Why sure. do you ask, though? Well, because I think the beat, uh, bare knuckle setting something up here. Well, they're obviously setting something up, but. You find the champions while I, I do this. I was watching the press conference earlier, and I, I know you said Dave's going out there, and he must not be out there, but they have the – I mean, I definitely saw this guy. I just can't remember what what his weight class so the is. Weight, the weight class is welterweight, and it's Gorjan Slaveski is the champion. Okay, so where's this Palomano guy? He is lightweight. Okay, so they have him out there at this press conference, and he asked a question. <laughs> And I think they're setting up 
I think whoever wins this fight is going to fight it for a champion, a bare knuckle championship. I think it depends on which, you know, who wins because I have, here we go. This is this Palomano wearing his BKFC belt. Okay. Asking so a question. They, all right, go ahead. Mr. Mr. Dave Feldman, sir, you know, I've been here, like Christine says in the beginning, I've been riding with you guys, been doing everything that I can to represent the company as I've always had. My question to you is, if one of them, when they win, they decide to defend the belt, will you allow me to be the one they defend it against? I mean, it honestly depends which one wins. Um, I think that's what matters and which which direction that they're that that they're looking to go weight wise. And I'm sure we can make something happen. You have been here since the beginning. It has to make sense, as Eddie said, it has to make sense financially for everybody and it has to draw. And if it draws and the, and the fans want it and everybody wants it, we certainly can make it happen. Like I said, you've been here since almost day one. So, you know, you deserve a good opportunity. That's a no. <laughs> he might as well have said no. Yeah, why do they? I mean, that guy flew in for Hawaii for that. Yeah, if it makes financial sense for everybody, uh, which it won't. Uh you know, they do have Eddie Alvarez listed on the roster as a lightweight. So I would assume win or lose, Eddie's going to move down to lightweight after this fight, which is unfortunate for Dave if he wins. So if you're Dave Mundell, I guess you kind of have to root for Mike Perry to win. So well, that, that makes me feel better because that's who I'm picking is Mike Perry. <clears throat> oh yeah, we never did get around to a pick. We talked about everything else. Yep. All right. Well, the other fight I wanted to pick was the co-main event, but the other interesting one on here is your, uh, hold on. Wait a minute. What's your pick? Man. I've been back and forth on this one. I got a little clip of my fight, favorite Mike Perry moment while you mull it over. All right. A little hard to, I think it might be hard to hear, but I really enjoyed this. This was him uh, commenting on one of, one of one of his coaches' advice during one of his fights. Go, Mike, you got to go, go, go. And I'm like, fuck you, you go. I don't want to get hit right now. Shit. <laughs> That is, uh, I mean, you know, as much I, I'm always uh, not talking trash to Mike Perry online, but always, you know, trying to bump up my our buddy Dave. But Mike yeah. Perry gave us some great moments. Remember when he was like walking out to and Cole, Cowboy Alvarez walking out and he's like, like just dancing. He was just cutting a whole a full dance. Yes, I was there. Uh, that was in Fort Lauderdale, um, and I posted a small clip of that on YouTube. Mike Perry dancing. To Charles Oliveira, uh, not Charles Oliveira, to uh, Cowboy Oliveira's walkout song, and to this day, it is my most viewed YouTube video. I mean, it was great, it was great stuff. I mean, you know, and, and you know, everybody calls Mike Perry the king of bare knuckle. Uh, you could say that, but there would be a big fat asterisk right beside it. You know, that's our buddy Dave. But <clears throat> yeah, 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 and they say. Oh, Mike Perry was made for this. Like, what does that mean? I don't know. If yeah, they all say that. I don't. I don't. I don't get know it. if that's necessarily a compliment either. Well, bare knuckles becoming. I mean, it's. I think it's the number two promotion now. In terms I mean, not of, in the world because one is bigger. I know, but. I mean, Dana White would say it's power slap. Okay. <laughs> that's that's not on my list. Might be on somebody else's list, but it, you know, if there's a events on bare knuckle, is you know, I'm turning it on if there's not UFC. I mean, I watched the Bulgaria card and it was awesome. All right, so who, who are you picking? I guess you know, Eddie is the better fighter, but that doesn't seem to matter with Mike Perry in bare knuckle, so. I suppose I'll go with Mike Perry. I mean, he beat Luke Rockhold, who is a better fighter and a bigger guy. Uh, he beat Michael Venom Page, 
who's a better fighter. Um, I mean, maybe a better fighter. Maybe Mike Perry is just a better bare knuckle boxer. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, when I say better fighter, I mean all around fighting. And, and he doesn't have a, a bone in his nose, so maybe that helps. Yeah, it could. It could. I mean, he's Hit definitely flats out. I I feel like with the bare knuckle, it, it it's best to side with the guys who are more experienced in bare knuckle, and this is kind of a new thing because there aren't a lot of them. You know, he I mean, he's only got three fights, but it's just so different than other types of combat sports. Um, yeah, I I guess. Uh, I guess I'm going with Mike Perry. Okay, so I guess we're aligned. And you mentioned about the Jeremy Stevens fight. That's buried yes. way down there. I feel like it's more fun if we're not aligned, though. So I'm going to pick Eddie Alvarez. No, I mean, we could split. Well, yeah, because I'm going to take Jeremy Stevens in this other one just because. I... Yeah, so Jeremy Stevens is going to fight Jimmy Rivera. So Jeremy Stevens obviously is a little bit more weathered seasoned experienced whatever um however you want to put it the most politely uh you know he's been through the ringer in his career uh <clears throat> jimmy rivera is the younger faster guy but also the smaller guy um you know he fought at bantamweight in the UFC, Jeremy Stevens was a featherweight and a lightweight. This fight is at lightweight. But Jimmy Rivera, his bread and butter was taking people down and grappling them. It was not, uh, you know, standing and throwing hands. Uh, now you're going to get in there and throw hands with Jeremy Stevens, who has cinder blocks for hands. And he's one and one in regular boxing. And one one of those was against Jose Aldo, right? Yeah, he went to a well, I guess he's O one and one because he went to a draw with Aldo and then he lost to a unanimous decision to Chris Avila. Yeah, I almost feel like if this were regular boxing, I would almost favor Jimmy Rivera more because the speed would play into into uh, into effect more. But because it's bare knuckle, I, I just feel like how do you not go with Jeremy Stevens here? Even though this website I'm looking at has Jeremy Stevens as a plus one twenty underdog. Yeah, I think that's what I had it at too. Yeah, he's an underdog. Let's take him. Yeah, why not? I don't know where to bet on it, but well, I won't be betting because it's not on hard hard rock. But the unofficial sponsor of MMA on the Rocks, I really should reach out to somebody from there. Should I mean they're not that far away either, and and they're a brand new thing. It's brand new, We're two weeks in, and the app's been working well. I've been doing some little bets on NFL and. I was bored one day at work waiting on something and I was betting on ping pong in China. <laughs> and you can like, even on the app, you can like hit the, you place your bet and then it like, it pulls up the, you hit, it pulls up YouTube and you can watch this ping pong match in China and lose money. Did you, did you lose money on the ping pong? Yep. Yeah, I lost a dollar and I went back to work. Oh, uh, you got ding danged and ping pong. Yeah. You can bet on all kinds of weird things. So there's a lot of news going on. I don't think we really need to talk about much. A lot of it's been talked about a lot. I mean, there's that e, all this Ian Gary bullshit, which I don't think we need to. I mean, everyone's talked about it. I did see he posted something today, and it's the first thing I agree with Ian Gary's done in the last three fights when it comes to the the social media side of it. Okay, what did he uh, post? I don't know if you can hear it, but let's try it. Uh, I might have to win a, a middleweight world title. Before I win the welterweight. He's talking about going after uh, Sean Strickland in a fight, which I think is the proper way for someone in that profession to to deal with something like this. Or, instead of 
uh, trying to sue him. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of a bitch move. Um, I mean, look, this is a guy who puts himself out there. He brings cameras into the gym. Uh, he talks a lot of trash. Uh, he wants to be this brash personality. There are consequences to that. You know, people are going to fire back and people are when when you put the spotlight on yourself, people are going to take shots at you uh, to try and steal some of that spotlight that you're creating for yourself. And that's just. That's just the harsh truth of it. You can't go out there and, um, you know, call this guy a child abuser and call this guy a convict and 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 say you whipped this guy's ass in the gym and not have any repercussions for it. Uh, to me, it seems like he's a guy who can dish it out but can't take it, and that's not something that I can respect. I, I, I tend to wonder if he's not the one that's trying to dish it out. It might be somebody else has a hold of his cell phone and, and doing that. I, you know, I, 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 Ian Gary, I have a, a huge amount of, uh, uh, not respect, but you know, I, I think this guy's going to be, he, he's championship material. Yeah. He can fucking fight. I, I've, I just am worried he might have some energy suckers around him for. That's yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely possible. Um, and who knows? Yeah, like you said, who, maybe if somebody messaging from his phone, maybe those DMs are doctored. No, uh, I don't think they're doctored. I just, I, I think Ian might be focused on fighting, and he might have a, a, a per, another person very close to him that is um, making all these silly decisions. And really, all he needs to do is, is, is he has a personality, so just be himself and and keep beating ass. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he seems to be focusing on on other things, and that you know that's why he was asked to leave uh, Leon Edwards' gym. They they said, you know, they didn't like he was always bringing cameras in there, and like he just wasn't a good, he just wasn't a good fit for the gym. Um, yeah, I I don't know. It, it's it's like you you just can't uh, you can't expect people to not come after you in a personal way when, when you act the way he acts. Um, so yeah, if, if he wants to deal with it by fighting Sean Strickland, great. I'm all for that. Like that would, uh, that would redeem himself in my book. Uh, I as mean, far as the stuff with his wife is just, it, that stuff is just silly. I started to look into it and then I, I lost interest quick, but it seemed like she, <clears throat> what people were saying was she wrote a book about, how to how to land a sports star husband or or something like that and i heard her take on it and she said it was uh it was an audio thing she recorded and it was uh satirical uh it was meant as as sarcasm and she she did it as like a a podcast type thing years ago and released it and the whole thing was was meant to be a joke it was fictional and um you know that's what she says so yeah, I mean, I'm not here to talk about anybody's girl, but uh, if you have an extra audible credit, burn it. It's only it only takes 15 minutes. And oh, it's a short thing. Oh yeah, it's only 15 minutes long, and I I I, I didn't find much humor in it, but ah, uh, who cares? Did you see? Uh, just to change what? the subject a little bit, did you see Sean Strickland? His little uh, uh, home invasion type situation he had going on. No, what happened there? Oh, you didn't see that? You have to check it out. So uh, apparently Saturday night, Sean Strickland's just sitting on his um, couch or hanging out at his apartment. I don't know if you've ever saw the videos made from his apartment. He has like his rifles mounted to his wall, like uh -huh. right, you know. <clears throat> and he sees this guy come stumbling up and crouching between his truck and, uh, you know, whatever car is parked beside him. And Sean Strickland's, you know, as you can imagine, lives for this shit. So it ended up being some guy that was drunk, beat, you know, kicked the shit out of a woman, running from a security guard, blows a tire. His, his car doesn't work anymore. So he gets out of his car, starts running, and decides to hide by Sean Strickland's car. Oh, boy. So he ends up, you know, you, you can check it out, but he ends up, you know, 
The guy ends up with a Sean Strickland pointing a gun in his face. Yeah. It might just be the world working out the way it should. You know, yeah. Talk about any of the house in Vegas, you can hide behind a car and it's Sean Strickland's house. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people I imagine are armed in Vegas, but that's probably one of the last houses you want to end up at. Or the guy who talks about fantasizing about killing people. Um, yeah. Not it a, like he didn't do any, like, I mean, he didn't kill him. He, he, he didn't get arrested. So uh, he, he, even though he fantasizes about it, he must have some self-control. There, I saw a video, I, I think it was several years ago that this happened, but I saw the video recently. A guy broke into Dean Lister's house. Oh, yeah, that popped up yeah. on my my feed today, too. That's weird. Yeah, he was like... That guy was scary looking. Yeah, he was messed out. He was like head to toe, covered in tattoos. And it, at first, he was like apologetic, and it seemed like he hit his head. And then the next thing he picks up a hammer and starts coming at Dean Lister. And then the video ends. That, that seems like really it happens a lot. You know, Anthony Smith had that guy break in John Jones. I, I chuckle every time I think of that guy looking up at the, you know, the pictures on the mantle and there's John Jones. Like, oh shit. Yeah. Right. Imagine you break into that house. <laughs> I mean, the baddest motherfucker walking the earth. Yeah. Some of those, I mean, that's, that's crazy. I don't know if you have other news. I have one other thing I want to bring up. Not, but uh, yeah, you go for it. I don't have anything. Well, before I do, Fletch did a little bit of research for us. So there have been three previous champions who have fought on the prelims, and they are Andre Arlovsky, Carla Esparza, and Nico Montagna. I don't know if I count Nico. Misha Tate is joining a prestigious group. Yeah. So Misha Tate will join the ranks. I think Fletch is right. She should have stayed retired. I mean, Arlovsky will be a Hall of Famer, I think. Um, Esparza, Montagna, no. Misha Tate should be a Hall of Famer as well, in my opinion. Well, she'll be in the fight wing, right? She'll be, like, her. that one fight will be in the the Hall of Fame. She She won't. She can be in any wing she wants. Okay. Take. <laughs> um, the only other thing I wanted to bring up is that you, you mentioned the the Nelk Boys uh, podcast. I didn't oh, see- it's such a great podcast! You gotta check it out. So I did listen to the uh, the Theo Vaughn podcast with Dana White. That was excellent. I wound up listening to another one where he interviewed a New York City garbage man. Yeah, he has all those. He has like a an Undertaker. Uh, he does a mechanic. He just interviews just professions the, the new york city garbage man one was really great that was a that was an yeah, awesome guy, listen yeah that guy was like he didn't he, wasn't he talking about it? he didn't even care if bodies were in there he's just like eh. he's like i'm not looking in there <laughs> <laughs> he's like uh, it and it, it was funny listening to him talk because it was like a stereotypical staten island guy um and it, I, I really enjoyed it but you know i i grew up in that area so i kind of like knew a lot of the i could relate to a lot of things he was talking about um but the thing i wanted to bring up to to come full circle because i brought up the nelk boys thing so as a result of that podcast they were walking through dana's office and they kind of flashed past the board with the fights and somebody Mm -hmm. put a screenshot that they had michael venom page on there against kevin holland and supposedly it's supposed to take place ufc 297 yeah, I saw that. I did listen to the, the podcast. I actually listened to the podcast before I saw the video. They brought up walking through that room in the podcast, so I kind of think that's all some Dana White manipulation. You know, Kevin Holland said that he hasn't been offered a fight, but, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, they could fight. I mean, everyone says they want to see Michael Venom Page fight uh, Wonder Boy. Well, fight Kevin Holland first. Kevin Holland, he seems to not lose a lot of stock when he loses. You know, he can, he loses gracefully. Yeah, he doesn't seem to care about losing. No, I mean, I don't think he, I mean, it'd be some good trash talk. I mean, I'm really, I really hope Venom Page comes to the UFC because I could, it can just back up my point of if he, I think he'll be a huge star. And it's just the, once you get inside the UFC machine. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, but he better not get in some stupid ass agreement like he did with Wonder Boy to have a a, a straight up kickboxing match. He needs to. Yeah, that would be a bad idea. Do down. Um, that would be a bad idea. Um, Michael Venom Page is an extraordinary talent. That guy is uh is crazy explosive, um, super fast. Uh, it, it would be interesting to see him uh, come to the UFC. It's just a shame because it should have it happened, what, five years ago? You know, we could be dealing with another Bennett-Askren-type situation. Yeah, where by but the time knows? he gets there, it was too late. I was one of the people, uh, ashamed to say, that I was advocating for Ben Askren to come over when GSP was the champion. Well, I, I don't think that's a you should be embarrassed because we'll never know. I mean, it happened yeah. years later. Who the hell knows? He had a bad hip at that point. Yeah, it's just, you know, that that advocation hasn't aged well. Yeah, but you're in the same boat as with Joe Rogan, so I wouldn't worry about it. That's true. I guess that's not a bad boat to be in. Yeah, um, yeah so I will have this one available. This episode will be available for audio since uh, there was no episode this past weekend, but Typically, the Picks and Pours episodes are available exclusively on YouTube, so make sure you guys are subscribed on YouTube. Turn on your notifications uh, so you know when the show goes live, which, except for last week, since it was the holidays and there was no UFC, uh, there are now two episodes a week. So some of you may be aware of this for the first time. Probably should have started the show with this announcement, but... Uh, I will put this one on iTunes and, and Spotify and, and all the rest. Um, but typically, picks and pours, you can find exclusive to YouTube. So make sure you guys are subscribed there. As always, thanks for all the comments, feedback, and criticism. If you want to grab some MMA in the Rocks merchandise, our friends at Team Reaper have that. Reaper1.co is the website. You can use the promo code MMARocks10. Save yourself 10% on your entire order, whether you order our merchandise or not. Uh, but you can grab yourself an over-the-top, under-the-influence t-shirt, tank top, or hoodie. Um, I still got to get myself one of those hoodies. It's been out for years. Um, I've already I, worn mine out. Mine's like worn out. Really? No. How long? One. Oh. <laughs> that would be that would be funny if you've had but one. I do, I do have the shirt. and I mean, I had the shirt for a, how long have you had it? I, I think I bought it like the first time it was available, and it's pretty good stuff. It's been... I guess but it's, it's rip been... life. I mean, I have a lot, right? It's rip life, right? Yes. Yeah. So I've, I mean, I have a bunch of shit from them. That's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. They make they make nice quality products. Um, in any case, if you guys do buy some merchandise, uh, make sure you post some pictures and tag me on social media. I will happily share all that stuff. Um, anything else you want to get off your chest, Matt? Nope. See you next week. All right. Until next time. Cheers, everybody. Bye. <laughs>